and the eyes of truth are always watching you. Amina Loza, Ail Pravda Zali Setsa Nesminu, Enlightenment Radio, Rupo VSO Musvidu, Zed Vami 24 Godini Musiki, Prami Translacy Talmishdasni Peed Devisan Harista Peed Kas Mishdagnoi Podrozi, Tokakom. looking over the Ukraine. I think I'm putting the news together each day. I just glance at it, see what's good, see what's positive. And I don't want to find something that's propaganda, but everything seems to be lining up for you, the Ukraine. That's the way I see it. So something good is looking over you. This is Misty Guide. You're listening to Enlightenment Radio, and it's a new time for you, 5 o'clock, that we come on. Since you changed your clock, yeah. Oh, I wish they would stop doing that. That is just a pain when they do. I don't know what time to get up or what time is what. Yeah, it's 52 degrees Fahrenheit. I don't go by centigrade. I don't know what a euro is. <laughs> and that's about what it is here. No, 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 no. It was cold outside this morning. What is it here? Mm. Hey, thank you, sweetheart. Okay, the temperature here. I got to stop to do things. Kiev is 52, all right? So my location is 41. Do you know that? 41? That's not That's not far from freezing. That's why the caretaker, she was at the front door this morning, shivering until I let her in. Okay, we're Enlightenment Radio. We're going to have some news this morning, and we also have some music. We have some thoughts about perspective on what's going on in your world. And I was uh, looking through my uh, guide the other day. I cannot find a Ukrainian restaurant anywhere <laughs> in the world. <laughs> Is there such a thing as a Ukrainian restaurant? Uh, I'll look through Yelp and see if I can find one. Maybe they'll have a Ukrainian uh, waitress. I don't know. See what they serve. Anyway, our first news this morning has to do um, with the progress in the war. I have one one uh, news story that I find fascinating. They've actually uh, they're on they're on Crimea. <laughs> they're gaining ground on Crimea. Who knew? So let's get started. Enlightenment Radio. You can get us on Apple, Android apps, also themysticalvoyage.com, and you have your own website. Mystical, did I say mysticalvoyage.com and ukrainetheheartofhope.com. What a nice website. It has some of the news articles that we're playing there today, and it has some of the uh, some interesting things on the Ukraine website. It also has our radio station on there. So it's here we go. Worldview with Tom Sufi Burridge in Ukraine, where Ukrainian President Zelensky is claiming his forces are making more progress in eastern Ukraine. This comes as U.S. Abrams tanks and long-range missiles arrive on the battlefield. 
Tom Sufi Burge is there. Tom, what's the latest? Yeah, Diane, 31 advanced American Abrams tanks, Diane, now arriving here in Ukraine, says Zelensky. Now, that's an important boost, but that number of tanks isn't necessarily a game changer. Ukraine's progress in the east is important. Ukrainian commanders telling us they are progressing inch by bloody inch in that area. They're threatening to encircle the city of Bakhmut. Now, politically speaking, Bakhmut is important for the Kremlin. The Russians took heavy losses capturing that ruined city. So Ukrainian advances in that area are tying down Russian forces in the east while Ukrainian forces try and move forward on the main axis of attack in the south. Now, some recent Ukrainian progress in that area of the front lines, too, but a decisive breakthrough still elusive for Ukraine's army in its now four-month-long counteroffensive. Diane? And, Tom, while we have you, I, I want to welcome U.S. astronaut Frank Rubio back home after this record-setting time in space. Walk us through this. How do you stay sane that long in space? Yeah, a big welcome back to Earth for Frank Rubio, Diane. He was in space for 371 days. That is a record for an American NAS astronaut. And during that time, he orbited the Earth nearly 6,000 times, traveling 157 million miles in the International Space Station. NASA calling his return a bullseye touchdown as he landed in Kazakhstan. Match that, Diane. Bullseye touchdown, I absolutely cannot. Tom Sufi Burridge, Worldview. Thanks, Tom. Hi. I could not imagine. I can't wrap my head around 300. And 70 days or 6,000 times around the planet. I cannot wrap my head around that. I mean, the guy's got a, he's got a smile on his face, but you know what's going through his mind. <laughs> the cat's got his tongue. I don't know. I don't know how you do it. He's trained. He was trained. Obviously. Well, that's good news on the Ukraine front. At a glance, that was just a short glance. Here's a little longer version of what's going on. More details, okay? Now, they're, they're going to be... Uh, I can't see the video, so... In between, they're showing uh, several meetings with several people, but let's see what, let's see what they say. Is interesting. You know, this is the Russians counterattacking the Ukrainians' counterattack. Avdivka, as a town, has been a sort of uh, a defensive citadel for the Ukrainians um, that they've had since 2014, and they've built it up to be very strong. The Russians had some posts to the north and some positions to the south of the town. What they've been trying to do is then encircle it completely. However, it's not going well for them. They are also using a lot of poorly trained troops in there, and therefore it's become known as a bit of a meat grinder. Um, they're effectively throwing thousands of troops to their death. Um, they're losing hundreds of pieces of equipment as they try to close this. It's turning into another backmut for the Russians. We're facing an inflection point in history. One of those moments where the decisions we make today are going to determine the future for decades to come. Wow, just throwing Russians' lives in there like a, like they're a bunch of junk, bunch of heap. They're not worth, their lives aren't worth anything to their leaders. Nothing. 
funding stopped and the US stopped supporting Ukraine, um, I think it would have a massively negative effect. But it would also mean that all of the money that the US has invested to date has been wasted. You know, if it doesn't get approved, it will be something that's been used as domestic US political leverage, looking at what's happened in the past when things have stalled because of that. At the last minute, the rabbit seems to be pulled out of the hat. I think with the level of investment that we've had with the United States into Ukraine, they can't afford not to continue that now, because if they give Russia the chance to come back into the, uh, the war again, to wrestle the initiative back off the Ukrainians, it's going to cost the U.S. taxpayer and taxpayers in other countries across the world a huge amount more. It's going to cost more than that. It's going to be a big, backward nothing, and that'll just let Putin roll in like, like Hitler rolled into Poland. That would be a big mistake. We'll know by the end of the week. They're keeping the Russians guessing along a number of different fronts. And the whole front line from north to south is over 250 kilometers. That's absolutely huge. So I think that's the biggest uh, hold-your-breath moment for this week, or this is the biggest part uh, coming up this week. Congress is meeting about, they're having meetings as of today, all week, with the uh, brass and big staff and Congress, and they're the ones that allocate the money. And this new congressman, this new House Speaker, is not a fan of giving money to the Ukraine. Somebody, but he's going to have to give. He's not the only one. He doesn't have the final say. So we'll see where that goes. But I realize that that is probably the most important thing that could happen to your country this week is what's happening in our Congress. And uh, they have nothing to lose. We're not sending in uh, boots on the ground. That's what we're afraid of, Americans. They don't want that. Just send a little money over there. It's not going down a money pit. It's going against the biggest. If they want to get real about getting rid of terrorists like Hamas, that's the new buzzword for terrorists, Hamas. They've been around for years. There'll always be terrorists over there. But the biggest one is Putin. Putin's been killing more people than anybody else, except for the GG. He kills his own people. <laughs> Keeps it at home. That would be terrorizing. It'd be terrorizing to work for him, to live there in China. It is. It's hell in there in China. I've had a... A pastor, a missionary, been back in there. He's got some stories. But Putin, he goes elsewhere and kills people outside of the poison dinners he has. <laughs> it's like to be in one of them. Well, here's a good story here. One more before we get into, uh, here we go. Let's see what this, this one's about the uh, progress. Oops, got to change that. Welcome to The Journalist. The circumstances Speak louder, buddy. between Ukraine and Russia are completely changing. Kiev continues to conduct offensive operations in Donbass and Zaporizhia. At the same time, Ukrainian forces continue to push into Crimea from the Kherson direction. The Crimean Peninsula... This is what I didn't know. Did you know this? The forces are going into Ukraine. I mean, Crimea. I like that. ...is the most critical and strategic target of the war. That is why the Ukrainian army says that even its offensive operations in Donbas are aimed at relieving the southern front and concentrating additional troops from the victorious trenches in eastern Ukraine in the direction of Kherson. As such, the most striking offensive operations of the war are taking place around Crimea. The Crimean Peninsula has witnessed one offensive operation after another in the last few days, a first in history. The Ukrainians used a long-range missile system for the first time on the peninsula, destroying the most valuable Russian air defense systems. 
Here are all the details of the historic attack in Crimea. The Ukrainian armed forces fired a long-range ATACMS missile in Crimea for the first time around 3 a.m. this morning. After the attack, Crimea was enveloped in a red morning. This critical strike was carried out near the village of Olenivka. After the attack, the S-400 air defense system of the Russian army was reportedly destroyed. For the first time, the Ukrainian army destroyed the Russian S-400 air defense system from 300 kilometers with ATAC-MS missiles. It was also among the information that 17 Russian soldiers were killed after this attack by Ukraine. Five military vehicles belonging to the Russian army were also heavily damaged in these striking attacks. It is known that one vehicle has become completely unusable. The fact that the missile regiment of the Russian army was located in the area where the attack occurred increased Moscow's military losses. But the most important detail of this last important Crimean attack was that Russia could relocate its Black Sea fleet from Sevastopol. It is understandable that Russia is worried and wants to move its ships out of these areas. Russian officials believe that the Ukrainian army will continue its long-range missile attacks on Crimea. That is why Roman Svetin, military expert, AFU reserve colonel, flight instructor, believes that the Russians will act urgently. Roman Svetin emphasized that only 24 hours before the Ukrainian ATACMS missile strikes, 36 UAVs aimed at Crimea attacked the peninsula. According to him, if the Russians shoot them down, as they did at the Kursk nuclear power plant, they will have fulfilled their mission. However, according to the Ukrainian colonel, both drone and missile strikes have reached a level that Russia cannot prevent. In recent days, explosions have been heard near Yevpatoria. The SAM systems of the occupiers are located there. In other words, Ukraine has now completely blockaded Crimea. After such drone and long-range missile attacks, we can expect missile attacks on military facilities in Crimea again. I think that's fantastic news. They've destroyed what was a key de defense mechanism that Russia had of Crimea, and it's gone. So now the Ukraine can focus there. They've got Russians scrambling from another uh, port. They don't know whether to take the ships there or not. So this is great news. They're getting their intel from somebody higher up than Ukraine. Satellite intel from probably America or London or England. The intel is coming in from someone else, and they're using it to their advantage. And they, you don't just aim a missile or do something, aim at something and hit a key defense system that the Russians had there. The satellites have it, and they got it from someone. And Putin, Dr. Evil. He's not blasé over no. <laughs> he is not blasé over that. Therefore, Russia is really considering the option of deploying its Black Sea fleet to Novorossiysk and the occupied territory. On the other hand, Ukrainian pilot instructor Roman Svetin stated that Russia cannot remove its aircraft from Crimea, otherwise it will lose Zaporizhia and Kherson. That is why MiG-31K aircraft were moved there. Until now. Ukraine had no missiles to reach Belbek except the Neptunes. The situation did not change until Ukraine used ATACMS missiles for the first time in Crimea. The attack on this airfield required ATACMS, Storm Shadow, Scalp at 300 kilometers. Ukraine proved in its recent attacks on Crimea that this can be realized, that is, that Russian resources can be destroyed with long-range missiles. 
However, in order for these missiles to penetrate Russian targets and achieve 100% success, the air defense system covering these facilities must be completely destroyed. The Ukrainian special services are currently fully engaged in these tasks. According to the AFU reserve colonel, any oil refinery, especially near the front line, is an absolutely legal military target. This facility provides fuel to the inhabitants. Without fuel, the army builds up and cannot fulfill missions. The Ukrainian armed forces have already established an area with a working radius of 500 kilometers in Crimea. The full-scale results of this work are very close. But do Ukraine's offensives and operations only cover Crimea? In fact, Ukrainian forces have already answered this question with offensive operations in Crimea, as well as in the Kherson Dnipro region. Currently, Ukrainian fighters are landing on the left bank of the Kherson region in groups of 50 to 70 people. Russian war correspondents have confirmed that Ukrainian defenders are conducting daily raids along the Dnipro River and are holding positions on the left bank of the Kherson region. Z Channel's Rybar reported the other day that Ukrainian forces were trying to advance in the Peshchanivka area and fully protect the bridgehead in the Krynev area. Other RF war correspondents reported that the previous day there had been a fierce clash between the Ukrainian and RF armed forces in the Dacha area. Z war correspondent Kotonok admitted that Ukrainian defenders usually push Dnipro in small groups of 50 to 70 people and always move in three directions. At the same time, he reported that the attacks always started from the area of the Antonivska railroad bridge. In response, the invaders are trying to attack AFU positions on the right bank of the Kherson region. Just yesterday, the enemy attacked with 30 rocket-propelled grenades. Despite Russian attempts to stop the Ukrainian army, the left bank of Dnipro has seen an explosive situation. The Ukrainian armed forces made a powerful breakthrough south of the Antonivka bridge. Ukrainian defenders significantly advanced southward under the Antonivka highway bridge north of Olishki. Analysts citing Russian sources claim that the Ukrainian armed forces are holding positions in Kriniki, despite Russian efforts to dislodge them from the settlement. One of the Russian officers in this area stated that seven Ukrainian assault groups are operating on the left bank of Dnipro. Ukrainian defenders are also continuing their operations along the road near Potstepne and Kozachi-Lahari. After all these efforts, the Ukrainian armed forces reportedly liberated a new bridgehead on the left bank of Dnipro in the Kherson region and are still advancing in the area. With the Ukrainian army making decisive moves in the war, Russia is in a state of great anxiety and chaos. The Russian army and defense industry are struggling to keep up with the conflict in Ukraine. Moscow is therefore forced to turn to a pariah state for support. According to the latest estimates of Western intelligence, the Russian army is currently storing North Korean ammunition for use on the ground in Ukraine. According to the latest estimate by British military intelligence, the Russian military almost certainly has North Korean ammunition to support its special military operation in Ukraine. But the Kremlin has denied reports that Pyongyang is supplying ammunition to the Russian military for to admit that Russian forces have to use the ammunition of a pariah state to continue their operations in Ukraine would be a clear indication that the Russian defense industry is unable to cope with the pace of clashes on the ground in Ukraine. For this reason, neither the Kremlin nor Pyongyang wants this bilateral relationship to be officially exposed.
But in fact, everything is clear. If North Korea maintains the recent scale and pace of military shipments, it will be on its way to becoming one of Russia's most important foreign arms suppliers, alongside Iran and Belarus. Already, North Korea has allegedly sent more than 1,000 containers to Russia in the last few weeks. It is not yet clear what Russia has agreed to give North Korea in return. According to British military intelligence, North Korea's interest in this transaction will include a mix of other economic support, the provision of military technology, and cooperation in other high-tech areas such as space. On the other hand, it is unlikely that the package sent by North Korea to Russia is complete at the moment. British military intelligence has indicated that this was probably one of the main topics of discussion during Russia's recent high-level visits to North Korea. As we mentioned, North Korea as a pariah state has nothing to lose by selling arms to Russia. In short, while Ukraine is trying to save Crimea, Russia's most important strategic center, Moscow, is forced to get closer and closer to North Korea in order to get itself out of its predicament. Thank you for following us. Well, we'll certainly keep up on that. Uh, so they're, t they're saying there the British intelligence is uh, keeping their eye on North Korea and what they're sending Russia, and uh, somebody ought to put a stop to it. <laughs> British intelligence. You got, you got ships. Go out there and stop that. Spanko, mini-me's hand. Slap him. Trump did. <laughs> he slapped him across the head. No more missiles, rocket man. Stop shooting them missiles. And he stopped. Yeah, you know, when Trump became president, everybody was telling him about how bad and how wicked and evil the North Korean leader was. And Trump says simply, <laughs> he says, anybody talk to him? <laughs> Nobody talked to him. You know, Trump talked to him, and he quit firing missiles. He even walked over into North Korea. Took a step, few steps over. First president in 50-some years to do that. I don't know, 50? More than that. Since the war ended, or they uh, ceased fire. So, let's keep it going. Let's get Crimea back. Maybe we'll be uh, sitting on the beach there in a year. Let's do it. Crimea, let's take it back. You can't have it, Russia. It's not yours, never was. We don't want the Russians, <laughs> tourists, tourists on Crimea. We want to be on Crimea. I want to go to Crimea. I want to go sit on the beach, have me a hot dog, you know, spend a little day in the sun. I've been told it is beautiful there. Yeah.
tuned to Enlightenment Radio, home of the ultimate knowledge of body, soul, and spirit, and unlimited music 24-7. Be sure and visit our website at enlightenment-radio.com. There you can journey through the mystical voyage and also view our schedule of programming. Thank you for listening. Yesterday. Yesterday was Halloween. Season of the Witch by Donovan. So if there's a you see a witch flying over, it's Putin and Mini Me. <laughs> he's riding his broom. He can't trust anybody. So he's got to get on a broom. Season of the Witch. A little paranoia song by Donovan. Everybody's watching him. Yeah, that's Putin. He's paranoid as hell.
Donovan, his famous song, Season of the Witch, one of his best works. Also, uh, it was the Bob Dylan version from England. He kept up with him pretty well. I like both of them. But uh, Donovan did a lot of nice songs. I noticed he has a line in there, Beatnik's making it rich. Well, you know a Beatnik. <laughs> a Beatnik was the, right the, the generation before the hippies. And the Beatniks could care less about money. So maybe he's saying that's reversing its course of beating it out to make it rich. They just hung out in bookstores and did poems and stuff, just like Dylan's fans at first. They would go in coffee houses, sit around, have goatees. I remember the beating it generation. I wasn't alive then, but I remember. <laughs> so Donovan also took a, had an album. He took a poke at the Pope. I thought that was a funny song. That was pretty brave of him. Anyway, folk music is the root of rock. Uh, African-American music or black music was the roots of rock, and so was folk music, as far as I'm concerned. And I love folk music. I just love it. Every Saturday, we had a show in L.A. They started at 6 in the morning. One guy had a collection, and another couple came on at 8 on the PBS Public Broadcast Network for two hours, and they played a lot of folk music. I look forward to it. I just laid in bed and listened to folk music on Saturdays. Here's a song I hadn't heard. It's kind of interesting and kind of fun. Hear that folk guitar? There it comes from.
That's by the renegades, I think. It's by the renegades or ex-ambassadors. One or the other. <laughs> but the song is about renegades. I liked it. I heard it for the first time this morning. I'll play it again. I like that song. I also like ELO. I'm looking over some ELO. Electric Light Orchestra was big in the 70s and the 80s. They crossed over. Rockeria, Tangage Out of My Head, Jungle, let's see. Bluebird, oh, that's kind of a different song. I like that one. It's an MP3. I like it. Let's play it.
one of you. We've got a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of work to do. Forget about your women and that water can. Today you're working for the man.
That's dedicated to all you people out there working your fannies off. We are thinking about you. You keep the world moving. John Lennon has a song, Working Class Hero. <laughs> That's my favorite. Little illicit wording. I played on here one time, but uh, Working Class Hero is my favorite of all the working class songs. <laughs> The spice expands consciousness. Expands consciousness. The music you are listening to is coming from Enlightenment Radio. Sound waves that lift your consciousness, enhance your mood, and transcends time and space. Visit our website at enlightenment-radio.com where you'll be guided each level of transformation to become an enlightened one. song to do before we lay off hold on darn frogs i don't know how they get in my throat <laughs> sneak in there i'm laying down the eyes of truth enigma
you've been listening to Enlightenment Radio. Remember, the eyes of truth are always on you. Good day, and we'll see you same time tomorrow. Yes, we will. Time to say goodbye. Five o'clock tomorrow, Ukraine time. Love you all. Bye-bye.